and we are recording. All right. Hello and welcome to a Kickers of Elves roundtable discussion of the Star Trek TNG episode, Sub Rosa. I'm your host, Hugh Crawford. Today I'm joined by four Kickers of Elves patrons and longtime Rules of Acquisition listeners. But before I get into the introductions, allow me to introduce the real star of today's show, Sub Rosa, from the episode's IMDb page. Uh, this episode originally aired on January 29th, 1994. Uh, it is episode 14 of season 7. And the IMDb description is as follows. Dr. Crusher meets the man in her dead grandmother's life when she tries to put her affairs in order. Whom one of the local people warn her to stay away from by not lighting a candle that's been lit for generations. Director, John Ashton Frakes. Okay, so let's take a minute to meet... Our panelists, all three of us, all three of them rather, um, are Kickers of Elves patrons and friends of the show. First, I have Kristen from Montreal, who says her favorite episode is Trials and Tribulations, with uh, City on the Edge of Forever being her close second. Hey, Kristen, do you want to uh, give us your your hottest Star Trek take? Okay. Sure. Uh, my hottest Star Trek take is both that Deep Space Nine is the best uncontroversial opinion for fans of this show, uh, but it also sort of ruins Star Trek because Deep Space Nine commits the um, unwise act of taking canon seriously instead of picking and choosing from the canon before it. It takes the universe seriously enough that it sort of wrecks everything that comes after it. It's hard. It's, it's there has not been a successful Star Trek following it. And that's speaking of someone who watched Enterprise and liked it. But. <laughs> All right. Very good. Um, next, I've got Tom from Cleveland. When asked who is his favorite Star Trek alien culture, he says it's a tie between the Cardassians and the Vorta. Of course, minus the fascist allegory. Um, Tom, what is your hottest Star Trek take? Uh, that might be my hottest uh, Star Trek take is the Cardassian and Vorta. Uh I do like uh, those aliens. I do like uh, a polite evil. Uh, I think in you know 2019, when evil is far more uh, vulgar and loud, uh, we miss those 90s uh, polite evil that will be nice to you uh, as they stab you in the back. Uh, my big hot take is TNG is not that good. Um, I <gasps> my I know it's, uh, but I am also an enterprise uh, stan. I believe that's a term the kids use. Um, but <laughs> I think that you know Star Trek in and of itself is a workplace drama. Uh, it's how these people get along, and I think that TNG, it's a, it really is all your big type A's from the Federation on the flagship. It would be a horrible place to work um just a lot of type a personalities trying to interact get along uh and i think that you know deep space nine did it much better um by removing that uh, you know best of the best of the best kind of vibe and mentality right. so that's i never liked that from tng i always thought they were trying to prove something um and i thought they were a little bit too full of themselves and star trek since Minus Discovery, uh, has been missing that. So, I, TNG, I'm not a huge fan. All right. That is definitely a hot take. And it's uh, one appropriate for this evening's conversation. Next, we have Robert from Virginia. By process of elimination, he says his favorite doctor is probably EMH from Voyager. And, uh, Robert, would you like to give us your uh, hottest Star Trek-related take? All right. I think my take is relatively hot because it's that uh, Star Trek V is not nearly as bad as say it is now if you say the plot is stupid and silly and nonsensical that's true um but i actually think it's got a lot of good character moments in the relationship between the the three spock kirk and mccoy that you need post resurrection of spock um that you couldn't really do in four because four is like kind of fun wacky time travel and so i think you need something that's a little bit more serious to get into their relationship and sort of reestablish the bounds so that you can get six to sort of have the group back together for one last ride. And I think five does a good job with that aspect of it. And I like those parts of it, despite some really atrocious other things that sort of happen in the plot and the planet infiltration and her dance. Like 
you know, it's obviously got a lot of issues, but I actually like the, I like the character work it does with that relationship to sort of get it back to where you need it to be for six, which is obviously, I think most people would agree it's a pretty good movie straight up. So I, uh, I, uh, haven't visited that one probably since I was a kid. So maybe, maybe it's time to re revisit Star Trek five. Also, we're joined as a late entry, um, uh, one third of the kickers of elves, Wade Bowen. Hey, Wade, how's it going? What? Oh, oh, oh I, I'm pretty good. Wade, I think most of your Star Trek takes are uh, are well documented. So, and James, James, yeah, there he is. hey, hey, how's it? how's it going? Good. All right. So the gang is all here. Um, they're. I'm just here to lurk. <laughs> no, that's the... I will say Star Trek Five. I have a soft spot for Star for you know the man who wants to fuck the mountain. <laughs> it, so that's the one with the rocket boots. I have a vivid memory of that from watching that when I was about nine years old. But Me I don't too. think I've watched it. That's where they found. That's the God one, right? Where they found God. Yeah. Yeah. Why does God yeah, need okay. yeah. a starship? Yeah. Shagger just going. Excuse me. That, I love that, that moment of that movie. It's just yeah. worth it. Just what that, does God need with a starship? Excuse me. Uh, what does God need with Starship? No, it was very good. Well, you know, and like all good Star Trek stories, it deals with Spock's extended family. So there you go. Yeah, I keep <laughs> all the best, the all the best ones. Um, Discovery and Star Trek Five. The <laughs> the reason why I've gathered you all here today is to talk about probably the most infamous Star Trek: The Next Generation episode, um, Sub Rosa. The first thing I'm going to ask. Is this a bad episode? Tom, I'm going to start yes. with you. I want to start with Tom real quick. Do you I'm think this is a bad that, episode? I, yes, I think it's a bad episode. Uh, I think it's a bad episode for reasons that I think other people may not have thought about. This is the Federation at its worst. So if you look at the Federation, you have this idea that we have no wants, we have no needs, we have no limits. So what do we do with that? And... One of your uh, guests uh, some time ago was the Treconomics expert, and he kind of talked about, okay, we have this abundance. Now, what do we do with this abundance? And somebody in the Federation decided, with all that abundance, to take a planet and terraform it to one very specific geographic location and very specific (laughs) geographic time period. (laughs) <laughs> and that scares me because right now the one thing we have in 2019 that we can say is just like the Federation is the internet, uh, entertainment. We can go, we have, that is essentially free. If you want to see some, you know, Korean cartoon dubbed in German and translated to French, you can find that on YouTube right now. There is, and it's, and it's free and there's abundance of it. And we have taken that and we've really, so many people have created a bubble. And they exist within that bubble. And whether it's a progressive bubble or whether it's a alt-right bubble, these bubbles exist. And that is really what scares me about Sub Rosa <laughs> is that you have these little planets. And, and this isn't the only one. There was the planet. Mm-hmm. There was a very problematic, I think it was the first season, um, where it was all African-American. There's a Native American planet. The fact that these planets are out there and exist, just that scares me. And I don't like that. I don't like that federation. I'm a Sesame Street kid. Right. Uh, you know, I'm diversity is what makes us strong. Everybody bringing their unique perspective in. The fact that they turned one planet into, like you could just walk anywhere on this planet, and it's Scotland. Well, that was scary to me. It is a diverse. <laughs> it's like a diverse that. Scotland of of the you know because there are some there were some people of color in there. The the mayor is not even from that planet. So to that point, it wasn't like you know you had a bunch of. It is true, I mean, but they, their founder, they keep talking about our founders wanted this and our founders, sure. it's, it's a little bit. National, the national, the nationalism aspect of it kind of freaks you out. It does. Yeah. It does a little bit. And I did not like, and I'll, we'll probably get to it later on. I did not like, I think the whole last line through the entire episode. They will where, be remembered as wives. Oh wait, that's just a different no, close. <laughs> no, it's close. But it, when, even when Billy was saying, and not, you know, spoilers, skip ahead, with everything that happened, he made her happy. And it yes. was kind of like, that whoa, was, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was terribly like, problematic. That was a little bit. So that, those two things, the planet and the last line, outside of that, the fact that there was a zombie in this for 30 seconds, uh, it, 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 oh, it got close to being 
an okay episode, but uh, I did not care for it. It was not one of my favorites. Kristen, what about you? What do you What do you think? Um, that was an amazing take, Tom. I had never thought of that, but it's entirely true. Um, yeah, of course, it's a bad episode. It fails in every respect. It fails as a this is this is considered a romance episode of of Star Trek. It is not. There is no love story in this. There is. It's a horror episode, properly considered. And it, I guess it's sort of, it fails as a romance, but I guess it sort of succeeds as horror in that it's horrifying. Um, but it also just logically does not hang together. It doesn't make any sense. Don't make no sense. And it, the more you think about it, the less there is there. Um, so yes, it is bad. <laughs> Robert, are you gonna are you uh, gonna advocate for this? Am I gonna advocate for this? I would say that it's um, it, it's certainly not worst episode of tng it's not even yes. at the bottom i would watch this before i watch any alexander episode that that one where they're doing the western thing theme and like data is like every character and it's just worth and alexander like i would watch this 10 times before i would watch that thing yeah. um it's trying to do gothic horror which is a little bit interesting uh to me some of the horror things work i like grandma talking uh, Ronan talking through grandma is kind of fun. The little shaky cam, the little hand cam they use when Beverly's first in the house and getting freaked out is kind of entertaining. And I like that it respects season seven, the writers respect their characters enough that um, generally, with the obvious exception of Crusher, people generally aren't acting stupid. Picard and Troy know something is up very early on. Uh, Picard comes down um, towards the end, confronts Crusher convinced that Ronan is not going to be end up real. The guy appears to try and fool him, and Picard doesn't even buy it for a second. Like, I feel like if this was season three, that would have happened probably 20 minutes earlier. Picard would have bought it. He'd go off, and then something else would clue him. So I like that the characters aren't generally acting stupid. Um, right. Everybody else besides Crusher. Um, Crusher is ambiguous. I'm really not clear how much mind control is supposed to be happening, if any, which is something that I assumed would sort of come up here and people can give their takes on. Uh, so there are things I like about it. Um, horror is not a tone that Trek does for very often. When it does, it sometimes fails. This one's semi-effective, and I think as a gothic horror story in general, it's not too bad. I agree with Tom, though, that last line, just w- whether there's mind control or not, either way, the last line really puts you in a... Well, in a rough place. And if it's you look at Troy's face, Troy doesn't necessarily agree with that last line either. She doesn't nod yes or smile. She actually looks like she's mildly like <laughs> horrified. It would work. It, it would work better if like Crusher was like Kess, who's like you know whatever three years old, like a woman who has been married, has a kid, has a professional life, has ongoing interests, and has had previous relationships and things like that. I think really makes that type of idea pretty tough to swallow coming from this this woman who I think should have it a little bit more together, like re- regardless of what's happening. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think it's a good episode. I don't think it's scraping the bottom of Trek or TNG. I think it's, as a gothic horror, you could, if you cut out that last scene, it would be all right, not great. Like I said, I would watch it over a number of other TNG episodes. Well, I guess that's my, my larger point. I, I, I find... That was some of the the worst Deep Space Nine episodes. Um, the bad episodes made everybody dumb, and this only made one character dumb, <laughs> and it, it just made Crusher was, was you know was affected and nobody else. So in other words, there were points in this conversation where she's talking to Troy, and uh, it would just like test the the tensile strength of what makes sense in a conversation and Troy would actually push back for the audience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I would argue, I would argue that's true, but the one character that they made dumb, it was their episode. I mean, it, it's, it's her episode from start to finish. She and is I'm, taking over by anaphasic energy though. It's not like well, she's, po- she look Polanski, Polanski would not have fallen for that. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I don't want to tip my hand as far as Dr. I enjoy. Well, but, uh, I like Polanski, Polanski a lot would not have put, He would not have put up with that garbage. Because Pol- Pulaski gets a bit charmed by Moriarty, if we recall from those episodes, right? Like, Pulaski is totally down for some some sinister dude energy. <laughs> but the thing is, like, the guy is so unappealing. The Ronin character is, well, like, yeah. Moriarty was nothing. Moriarty was 
charming. He was cool. He was he was he had uh, he had a reason to be. He was like signed into existence completely unfairly and he had a real issue right that he needed to solve this guy i mean keeping aside all of the logical nonsense nonsensity of this family story it doesn't make any sense if you think about it at all he's just a parasite who's been sponging off of her family sure. for 800 years right which right? really interesting he's not, there is no point in which you're like damn i want to get that guy you don't ever see beverly like actually fall in love with him it's just suddenly filling the house with roses and stuff right it's not a, it's never ever appealing and it should be for that seduction to happen otherwise like you say she's just being dumb or it's a mind control cop out it's like oh she's being taken over by this energy well okay well that's boring right i mean if an interesting point no... to follow up with that wh why is he shouldn't he been a little more subtle i mean there was his play is to take over beverly if i remember correctly and he doesn't need to do the flowers. He doesn't necessarily, I don't even think, need to appear. He draws an awful lot of attention for somebody who's trying to keep a low profile. Right. Well, isn't he desperate to... I, I never understood. I, think, I thought true. one of the... He, he was sort of a desperate creature, though. So it's not like he was able to, you know, wine and dine her yeah. very much. He kind of had to move quickly. <laughs> right? <laughs> He needed her to light the candle because reasons, right? Like, and they don't really ever. Well, it's a plasma-based light. There's a lot of. I don't. <laughs> there's a lot of. How how can you have a candle that is 800 years old? A family heirloom. It was a very big candle when the first when her first generation. That candle was solid, ten feet tall. It was huge. <laughs> and over the years, I think the flame itself the is what had flame. to like keep going. The flame, the the flame itself was was what was key. Like you couldn't let the flame go out. The candle itself wasn't the source of the power. Okay. It was the actual flame. But they, but they let it out, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they? They blow it out and lit it several times. Yeah. So he's. My understanding well, they, is the candle. If the pla he needs to be in the plasma. So when they blow the candle out, he goes into the energy grid for the weather control, and that's what's disrupting it. Right. And same thing. He travels up the beam uh, to the enterprise. Right. So that's where he's like hanging out how that relates to his need to like have the women too i'm like sort of not clear <laughs> well, that's left unanswered I right like no i no it's not he needs he needs to combine or? with it he needs organic he needs organic tissue to for like as sustenance so in other words whenever the grandma died that was like his meal ticket was gone and he had to move desperately move on to the next one I, does he does he kill them by inhabiting them or is over, that like I don't the, a if he like, does very, that's was really ambiguous that too, was ambiguous right? that was definitely ambiguous okay. yeah. what I liked about this was that it tries to take in the world all right there are ghost stories and we <laughs> it tries to give you an answer and yes it's sort of a lame answer that turns out ghosts are anaphasic energy. But at least, <laughs> and here we are in the seventh season of Star Trek The Next Generation, and at least they're trying new stuff and new motifs. And no, and everybody is, like, the acting is still really good. I thought Gates McFadden was actually really fantastic in this. Like her oh, acting I, I, choices. I agree 100%. Yeah. Her actor I, I think great. her choice. I think, I think a, a lesser actress could have driven this into the ground. I think she elevated I, I, it better. I think she elevated it more than it deserved. She's completely watching. I think she played I the, the subtle... girl talk scenes with Deanna were painful. Like that was just watching them every wow. time. There was like four or five of them where they're having having girl talk, right? And yes. it's like that's partly the writing, though. And it's just, and I, I guess I've died, I've had many conversations with 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 female friends where they're telling me about their boyfriend, and you're like, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> what is that, what is, does that work? Is that work girl talk though? You know, I mean that maybe not the intimate friendship. I mean, I get that they're friends on the show, but you know, they are intense forward. Is that you know, professional is conversations in the break talk? room? You know, yeah. Like, is that just? Uh, Oh yeah, yeah okay. you know, that's what you're doing. Okay. I think if your coworker <laughs> starts telling you about their sex dreams, that's a bit off, and Deanna's like clearly not comfortable with that. But okay, here's the thing, because the <laughs> Or was at this she? Point, she seemed pretty is, she like she seemed to be eating it up with a spoon, I thought. I thought she enjoyed it. Was well that sounds fun. But let's get on to these crew evaluations now. She's changing the subject really fast, right? <laughs> 
like you would in real life. Well, if you were jealous, talking about stuff like if that. nobody, if nobody, <laughs> but here's the thing, the Federation has had 200 years of contact with energy beings at this point time, yes, right? That's they're correct. meeting these guys in enterprise. Like there is contact with Organians or whatever. Having a ghost boyfriend. Sure. Must be completely normal. I mean, like I found well, a long time ago on the internet, I found a blog by someone who was convinced they were in a relationship with the spirit of, I believe it was Louis Couture's. I don't remember one of the four French kings, and she had read a whole blog about her her um her, her relationship on the astral plane that she had with this guy. So if people are doing this now in the two thousands, obviously two hundred years after we've made contact with energy beings, Bev has a new boyfriend and he's. He's, he's, he's non-corporeal. Okay, well, then you that's just a thing that probably everyone does every now and then. Right? That's what, like, t- team boys in the Federation, uh, that's the lie. Instead of my girlfriend is Canadian. It's my yeah, girlfriend. She's, she's super hot, but she's non-corporeal. <laughs> you, can't, you can't see her. She's here well, right now. She's, right? she's really hot. Yeah, you just can't see her. You have to wait till she, I light the candle and she takes physical form. Um, but this has to be a thing, and no one is like, no, this never seems to come up, and everyone is really weirded out by it, and they shouldn't be, right? This is, it, it is one of the many logical flaws of this episode in that the universe is not not held consistently. True. Are we going to talk uh, at any point in this episode uh, ghost theory? Uh, just ghosts in general? Or is that no, I, I, I just think that, you know, they have a way to explain what ghosts are within the star trek universe i mean humans have been haunted by anaphasic energy right that that's their explanation i i did want to multiple things right there are multiple non-corporeal life forms right yeah like like scientology yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is i I wonder if it's set by engrams in place yes exactly millions of years ago and you can't you can't object mm-hmm. to that line of logic because you weren't there to see it. And if you talk, you, so here's the most offensive. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, this uh, Frakes uh, in Memory Alpha has a quote that I, I kind of wanted to unpack a little bit because it sounds it sounds like a well anyway. Let me read it. Quote. I drew a good straw because it wasn't a Star Trek. It was more like Tales from the Crypt. Gates and I had worked well together, and she had never, she was never better than in Sub Rosa, and never looked more beautiful. She looked like a movie star. End quote. What kind of, what, <laughs> what kind of, doesn't he sound like a, doesn't he sound like a, the president whenever he talks like that? <laughs> She it's looked creepy. never more um, beautiful. She looked like a movie star. She looked good. She's the most I mean, beautiful doctor. The fashion in this episode was very modest. I mean, all of the time she's in bed, except for that last scene when she's in that sort of negligee. She's wearing this kind of high-necked, buttoned-up pink nightgown that looks like maybe she got it from her grandmother's closet. Yeah. Or when she's out of her uniform. <laughs> well, I think like, that's honestly, she's supposed like to be transforming outfit. into her grandmother, right? I mean, that's the whole thing, Apparently, right? including the wardrobe. <laughs> She likes the flowers. That she wears when she's beaming down to the planet, that kind of like black suit with the vest. Like, I swear my grandmother did have one of those in that time period in the 90s, 80s. Like, that was her like nice going to a thing, but not really dressing up outfit. You know, that's I'm getting on a plane because I dress up to go on planes because I'm classy. Right? Right. Right. Golden girls. Yeah. But anyway, the most offensive (laughs) thing about this episode. Yeah. Here's the most offensive about this episode. <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to ask all of you a question. Um, do you guys know what was your great grandmother's maiden name? Any of your four great grandmothers that you would have? What What was her maiden name? I know what mine. You I, know? Yeah, I know it all. All of them. You okay? I don't know any one of them. I know my grandmother's maiden's names, but not my not any farther than that. Yeah. Tom, do you know? Uh, no, grandma. That's as far as I go. No. Yeah, so, same. It, does it make can... sense to think back in your lineage and think 800 years ago of the Howard women? That makes no goddamn sense. That, unless all of yes. it. That's a big objection on the internet. That's what everybody says <laughs> that how that doesn't make any sense that a patriarchal society 800 years old would would trace the. Hey, look who showed up. Hey, Kate. Hey. 
Hello? <laughs> We're joined by Kate. Hey, there she is. Okay. My roommate's cat is... <laughs> <laughs> Now we're we're gonna get to the bottom of this. I I actually think make sure not to edit any of this out. No, I I won't. Everybody everybody <laughs> listening to this, can you hear us, Kate? Nope. <laughs> oh well, that's not a promising facial expression. No, it's not. No, it's, not really. That's got to be the thumbnail for this. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to read Sweet. another fact about this episode. Did anybody? First off, did anybody? Um, recognize anybody from this besides the obvious one Ronan any other guest stars are we supposed to recognize them from something oh man is the governor from something yes the governor is from something you're so close wait was he in the deep space nine episode he was in Ronan oh not well Ronan was Shakar Ronan was Shakar what? Shakar? I didn't even. Yeah. Yeah. He was my favorite of the boyfriends. Yes. <laughs> I thought you got that was the easy one. I'm talking about the mayor, the mayor of the town, the alien, the friendly alien mayor. You guys recognize him? Yeah, the pig man. I don't know. No. All right, oh. that's Patrick from the genetically modified uh, crew <laughs> oh, on shit. Deep Space Nine. Oh, one of the Wonder Kid. Smart bunch. Yes, Patrick. I know Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. That's a stupid question, Patrick. Yes. Oh, great. Yeah, the mayor is... Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. That's a stupid question, Patrick. So I thought that was a fun... That was a fun uh, connection to Deep Space Nine. Because I have to say, Ronan, they say he's 34. He looks way older than that. I looked up the actor. He was like (laughs) 32 or something when they made it. And I was like, damn, he looks... Every second of that, and he has a really extravagant number of forehead wrinkles. I mean, he I counted one time. <laughs> He's got I his think huge next generation dot text though, isn't it? Yeah. Like everybody's like twenty they, years older. Star Trek some forehead wrinkles. That's, that's... <laughs> well, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. In Canon, every time you blow the candle out, he gets a point. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's why he was so concerned. <laughs> But I think he's much yeah. better looking there's a, there's at a novel about that. <laughs> Five more generations, he's going to be a Klingon. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's why the, the early Klingons in Discovery didn't have the 400. <laughs> Nobody had blown the candle on yet. Not it. <laughs> really lit the torch chip. I mean, the whole yeah. thing was... Up your fuck candles sense. game, guys. Come on. <laughs> the, um, there's I, a whole series of novels about it. I can't believe you haven't read it. The... <laughs> The Sub Rosa originally originated from a pitch from a freelance writer, Jenna Gallo and Jerry Taylor. They said the original spec script was there. There had been aliens throughout the history on Earth who had possessed people and they were responsible for much of what we called supernatural paranormal events. The writer had the idea of the Scottish origins of Beverly. Rick and Michael were very distrustful of this story. They considered it a romance novel in space and felt it the possibility for embarrassment was monumental. But I just knew it would Wait, work. Or Hugh, you're you're pretty choppy. All right. Well maybe I'll throw to I'll throw <laughs> to somebody else. Uh, okay, how how we'll did you all work. feel about okay. the techno babble in this in this episode and the problem solving the yeah, our friends in engineering and their problem solving? The techno babble and the Problem solving, right? Oh, I, cards on the table. I didn't watch it. I'm just starking it right here. I got <laughs> I got well, a baby in the next room. I'll ask one of our panelists there. Um, how would you grade the techno babble? I don't know. It was like there's like a kind of sweet spot for techno babble, right? Where yes. it's enough to be plausible, but not enough to make you think too hard about it. Because if it's over-explained, then it's like, well, that's just bullshit. And if it's under-explained, then it's like you're just trying to get me to accept a lot. Right. Right. And I thought the whole logical chain, like I said, doesn't hang together very well. It's like, oh, he's been kicked out of the candle. So now he's in the weather system. And for some reason, there's fog on the bridge, which was kind of a great. Uh, And the storm is invading the enterprise. I think the techno battle to really sell it, you need to you need to have high stakes. So somebody running down a hall because the warp core is about to breach. You know, just blathering techno babble is fine, but when it's weather um, and it's going to maybe rain, 
the techno babble falls a little bit short. I mean, that was one of the things I think that Riker at one point was like, that's one hell of a thunderstorm. Like, yeah, they'll have to go inside. That will be unpleasant for them. It's not like everything, you know, <laughs> we're not talking about plate tectonics or uh, the thing spinning out of orbit. It was literally like, we may have to delay this event we had planned for an hour. It's like, oh my You're God. Like- no. And that's why the techno babble falls short. I like the idea, home. though, that there's uh, in the writer's room, they're like, we need a B story. And they're like, in the A story, it's got a storm because we need a horror. We need this to be like a gothic horror atmosphere. And they're like, and somebody's like, some nerds like, oh, but they have weather control stuff because they terraformed and like, aha, wait a minute. He's hiding in the weather control stuff. It, right. It's basically, yes. it's primarily there as an explanation for like the atmosphere that they want, which is like mm-hmm. silly, but. I thought it was. I don't know. Like at least they tried to do it, and at least they didn't rely on the holodeck this time. Like yes. I'll give them some points for that. Yeah, I actually. <laughs> I think it was I, supposed I was to be a, a representation of the uh, emotional storm that was going on in Beverly's heart. <laughs> so I think that that was a physical <laughs> representation of that. We can see that on the outside, and that's what Beverly's feeling on the inside. I think the term is pathetic fallacy. I think yeah. that's what I learned in, in uh, yes. English class. No, I, I, I think yeah. that... Can we is- talk about how... Uh, I was going to say, um, speaking of like odd things to put in, so there's the techno babble, but part of that is also right kill off Ned to um, uh, have cr- Crusher start to realize that the ghost is no is up to no good. Um, I, I think that's why that's in there. Uh, and like of all the... Sh- like of, If you want to point to like shitty cliche stuff, the whole character of Ned... He just kind of storms in is like the candle is evil and crusher's like no i think it's good he's like oh i've had it with you you'll bring it all down on your head then there's <laughs> like no explanation he shows up twice to tell her the candle's the root of all evil doesn't provide any evidence doesn't explain anything just kind of pops in so that like i guess in case the audience is is too dumb to realize it or they think crusher needs that even though i think you you could have easily had them trace back the power source of the energy that was mucking up the weather control system and the enterprise to the grandmother's grave and put two and two together. I don't, I don't know why they have this character inserted, but he's just the worst like horror, like trope of a guy who knows more than he lets on refuses to take two minutes to explain even the basics of his thinking. So he can romp off and get killed by the ghost the, the like re- in his third scene. Right. That's, that's it. The reason why he's in this, uh, that's, that's a good, line of questioning the the reason why he's in this episode um uh, let's see uh the the person who pitched it the freelancer jerry taylor she uh this is from memory alpha taylor denied that the story was inspired by Anne rice's the witching hour she explained quote one of brandon and my favorite movies is the innocence which comes from henry james turn of the screw we saw this episode as an homage and we packed in every sort of gothic ghost story trick you could imagine consequently the caretaker ned quint and jessel howard were an homage to by brandon braga to valet peter quint and the governess miss jessel in the innocence so they're they are the parted out characters, you know, from another story. The thing about Turn of the Screw and like that that's an homage to that is that the Turn of the Screw is actually, again, like the the characters that the the seductiveness of the ghost, right? It's about the ghosts drawing the children into this world and 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 they you you want as the reader or the viewer right um this is also a famous opera um you want to go with them like they're they're creepy but they're also compelling and ronan is just never compelling right it's like what what is she getting out of this like other than sex but one assumes she can get that elsewhere right they have a holodeck even if she doesn't want to have sex with anyone on board she can go and she can like live season one of outlander if she wants to right (laughs) (laughs) why why am i the viewer why am i supposed to be entering into this relationship where is the seduction for bab it's just not there it's like oh she's been she's mind controlled by this creepy ghost that's my biggest flaw with the episode she doesn't like she doesn't start out wanting or needing anything so he can't give it to her like other than just tension, you know? So that would, that would have been, I think that was the biggest problem. With the script. Well, he is, ba- isn't he 
kind of tapping into her thoughts, feelings, desires. So is that the attractiveness of Ronan? Is it's someone who intimately knows you possibly more than know more than she knows herself? You know, is yeah. that versus but, like the holodeck, which is what is programmed. So if you, yeah. this is what I want, I think, and programming that, and then never never being satisfied with that versus someone who really, because they are in your brain at a subconscious level, are hitting which is whatever analogy you want to use that you didn't even know you wanted flip. Um, So that might be his quality. Yeah. I would, I would like to be a part of that (laughs) as a viewer. I think if they filmed that, that would have been great. Yeah. 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 I think Ned might've been a part of that. That's why he was jealous. (laughs) It was, they had a a poly thing going. Yeah, that's true. Ned did not feel that he was going to be included in this new one and got angry. Uh, Kate, do you have any do you have any thoughts about this episode you want to share with the rest of us? Um, I'm just thinking about it and laughing. Sorry. Um, did you like it? The episode? Not really. It's just one of those weird ones where, like, they're trying to play with another genre, but sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. And in this case, I think it really doesn't. Wow. This like ghost romance. I mean, I don't know. It's more interesting to watch. I think you liked this a surprising amount. I did. <laughs> really? Well, yeah, I mean, well, it's not. It's like entertaining. There are entertaining parts of it, but. Well, I felt like. I don't know if it's like high quality necessarily. No, I think this is a bad Next Generation episode, but I think it speaks to how high of a floor Next Generation has. When you're talking about hand, you know, you know, like assessing quality, it's you know, it's not going to get really low. It, it th- if this is as low as it gets, that speaks to the quality of the overall series. Yeah, I can name the. I mean, if this is the worst episode, I can name DS Nine episodes worse than this. So. Well, what's what season? I is agree. What season is this for TNG? This seven. This seven. The worst that's it may be the worst it's Brandon Braga. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there are worse TNG episodes just in terms of like more yeah. objectionable. Yeah. Yeah, but that late in the. Uh, more objectionable more, or just more boring or just like. Just, more, yeah, just more not, boring for sure. Not engaging. They're, they're right? definitely like, this more is, boring episodes. I don't know if this is great, but it, it moves. The characters are, aside from Crush, are treated reasonably yeah. well. Um, you know, I think it's good. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's that bad. Right. It's fine. But it, it, it's so illogical. That's the thing. That's what I think makes it really bad. It's like it just so doesn't hang together. Like there are more, more objectionable episodes of of of, of TNG, and there's probably duller ones. This is there's just so many points at which it just fails to hang together whatsoever. Um, and it, it's so weird because they do manage to make the A and the B plot converge, which they do sometimes and they don't other times. But it's like there's these like weird placeholder bits of logic that you can see like cut and paste errors. Like, well, in one version of the script, it was this. And we changed it, but we forgot to change this thing. Like the stupid green eye thing. That doesn't make any sense at all, right? If you think about it at all. like Well, that's the anaphasic energy made the, the eyes green. Yeah, but it shouldn't be like... Yeah, but okay, that green eyes, if Ronan only is attached to the host after the previous one dies... Nana shouldn't have had green eyes until Great Nana died, right? right? Which was fairly recently, right? Yeah, so she should yeah, have had right. whatever other color of eyes she was going to have for her whole life. It was Maybe sort of like an unforced error, too. wasn't it? Like they didn't even have to. They didn't even have to bring eye color into the situation. It was stupid. Yeah. Right. It was a bad choice. Maybe, maybe her grandmother I always wonder... had green eyes. And Crusher. Every didn't? Howard. I don't know. Again. Yeah, well, that's every apparently this nonsensical idea of there being an 800 year old line of Howard women. And they all of them had green eyes because they were all possessed by Ronan. Well, yeah, but, they weren't. but I mean, maybe so, maybe her grandma did before she was possessed. So no well, one I noticed guess. when she got mm. possessed. <laughs> oh, maybe possession is a, a DNA thing. And then I, I don't know. I think what the, I didn't see it. It's just. Mind. No. 
man. I can't believe You know what they could have done to tie the whole episode together, and I think they really <laughs> missed a trick, is they should have had a running joke where everyone thought O'Brien was Scottish. <laughs> they would bring it, like he would beam down and like Beta would look at him and be like, Hey, looks like home, right? And he's like, I'm from Ireland or something like that. <laughs> and then they'll be like he'll walk out, there'll be fog all over the enterprise, and they'll be like, Hey, look at this. And he takes his head and walks away, muttering under his breast some Irish curse. It's different. <laughs> that would have tied it all together for me. I would have been happy with that. Speaking of another <laughs> terrible episode of TNG, the Irish episode of TNG, which is... Oh, God. The, yeah. like, fake space Irish. Oh, God. Yeah, that was terrible. That's, but, ooh, yeah, that's bad. What's that, He Kate? almost walked off DS9 for the episode with the uh, Leprechaun, right? It was... Oh, uh, yes. If, yeah. 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 The Greens were... The Rumpelstiltskin episode? Yeah, it the last minute, because he was like... Yeah. You know, He's, he's oh, it was right? gonna be a leprechaun, and then they changed it to Rumpel. Yeah, that's is that what it was? Okay, okay. I, I, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that's going back to TOS, right? <laughs> <laughs> but well, I'm so sorry. Many, ev- I think mm-hmm. I, basically every series did an Irish episode, right? I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's TOS one, which has the guy who sings "I'll Take You Home Again," Colleen, again, and, mm-hmm. and there's the um. The DS9 one that O'Brien was like, no, you can't make him a leprechaun or else I'm walking. And there's that horrible one Voyager like oh, village that they keep going to. I can't remember if Enterprise ever Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah. Oof. And that's just like I a feel- terrible thing in Star Trek. And he's like, where did this come from and why are you doing it? But maybe Cole maybe <laughs> had gotten powerful enough that he nixed a whole Irish idea. He was like, nope, we're making it Scottish. Which is almost I often think that <laughs> I often think that Americans think that the making fun of the Irish is the last time we can be racist. So like we so <laughs> clearly just want to just make fun of them because we you know it's kind of, you know like I'm like almost percent Irish and so yeah. I, I feel like that we and actual Irish people are irritated because we're just you know it, it it is it's it's doing the same thing to their culture that it's it's that we've egregiously done with uh you know African cultures or any you know any sort of you know I just, culture. I think well, so many very... Americans are like a little bit Irish at least. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, oh it's fine. I'm mm-hmm. a tiny bit they Irish. Are, no they no. are the base white people now, I think, in America. <laughs> that was one of that was uh Gene Roddenberry just hated Irish people. That was you had uh, <laughs> no conflict yeah. amongst the senior staff. Uh, no racial discord. Strong uh, and no Irish. Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> no. Every season we have to shit on the Irish at some point. <laughs> well, guys, we about got to wrap it up. Does anybody else have any other thoughts, final thoughts about this episode before we go? Um, I did uh, some deep reading on... Um, Gothic horror, which means I read the Wikipedia page, nice. and I found out that there is an early author who is uh, Anne Radcliffe is apparently credited with pioneering having the supernatural ultimately be traced back to natural causes. So I assume this is supposed to be a riff on an Anne Radcliffe idea where you introduce something that seems supernatural, but ultimately winds up being a natural phenomenon. So it sounds like basically putting everything uh, whatever you call it, putting everything in the bin that they could think of. So I guess that's sort of the inspiration of having this like alien ghost thing that turns out just to be a energy life form. Oh, well, there's an interesting theory about that's ghosts nice. that I thought was, I'm not a ghost guy. I don't believe in ghosts, but there was an interesting theory that I heard once that it's something like that. It's like a natural recording fades over time, which is why you only ever see ghosts from about a hundred years from where you are. So if you look, you, you know, we don't ever see cavemen ghosts and we don't ever see, Egyptian ghosts, uh, but we generally see when people are seeing ghosts, it's because you see them from about a hundred years ago. And the theory, which I, I think is garbage, but <laughs> is that those ghosts are a latent recording or you know some residual after effect that fades over time. So you're always in that hundred year window uh, when it comes to the supernatural. You never go beyond that. So 
And that sounds like a great premise for an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, but sadly we didn't see that. Um, <laughs> well, nobody tell Michael Chabon, oh, because that could final. end up being in the new Picard series. <laughs> here's my final episode. Just a PSA to all the dudes out there. If you think that um, breaking into the house of the women you love or are interested in and filling it with flowers is a good strategy, it's not. There <laughs> is nothing that's not about that. That's... And it's and that's, she opens it and it's full of flowers and you're like oh no. Well, that's <laughs> the horror sexy. tales from the crypt yeah, that's aspect. Terrifying. Of it. The true horror is uh, Star Trek writers trying to write romance. I think we can all agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish there were some orgone energy to do with that anaphasic stuff. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, we did put the Picard walking in on the ghost sex, but that is just oh, cringeworthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a serious yeah. highlight for me. Okay. <laughs> he could have let at least let her finish. Was, <laughs> that relationship, Picard and Beverly's relationship, and this is probably a rabbit hole that we may not want to go down, but that's a that's a strange relationship. It's it's I mean it, oh, he's responsible definitely. for why is why is she on a ship? There's a lot of ships in the Federation. He, he essentially is responsible for the death of her husband, if I remember correctly. Spoilers. Um, but <laughs> why? As he has this weird, paternal, romantic, just awkward. It just really seemed that when I was watching this episode, it's like, okay, they were, she quit, They had the strand open to, like, Sam and Diane. Right? right? It's very yeah, get it's very in the movies. Don't, in the movies, don't they end up married uh, or something? In, um, in, no, um, there's in, an alternate uh, All Good timeline. Things, she yeah. and him were, are married in the future, which is their future past in the future, and then they are divorced oh, at the time yeah. when he is oh. the old man. Right. Sorry, sorry, right. sorry. I got, confused, I, I got confused with the books. In the Destiny trilogy, they're definitely married. Oh, uh, okay. Hey, Kate, do you have any final you, thoughts? Um, final thoughts? Not really. <laughs> I think, well, okay, reminded me a little bit of that episode, which I didn't rewatch, so it's been a while, but there's that really horrible episode where uh, Troy gets involved with someone who, like, also sort of possesses her and, like, sucks the energy out of her and she ages rapidly, and, like, it's, I don't even remember what the episode's called, but that one, like, it reminded me of that one. I remember That's she another, a- like, very terrible There's another that she runs into that is it that episode manipulates her yeah yeah no that's the one where she there's there's one where a betazoid like makes her hallucinate yep. Riker attacking her but I'm thinking of a different one I think yeah, this oh, is wow. the, the negotiating no, the wormhole yeah. Yeah. is it the, the same with episode? <laughs> There's yeah, there's one yeah yeah he's he's an he's a he's a, a mediator or something and he yeah like, yeah yeah for a wormhole he like a, feeds off her yeah. energy her life no that's a different one there's one, there's a guy who like sucks the life out of different women and like an old woman who's at the beginning and like that's the one mother, I'm thinking of yeah yeah, yeah yeah that's uh, what I'm thinking yeah. of because yeah. there's a point where he, yeah. she starts to gets, age. Yeah. And she's like freaking out at everyone, and everyone's like, yeah. "What's happening to you?" Is her as like an emotional, yeah, yeah, because he's using her as like an emotional dumpster, yeah, and that makes her forget. That that <laughs> might be the worst episode. Of Man, that might that might be another one that we we revisit for another day. That's also based on. A, that sounds like it, I would have to rewatch the episode, but it sounds like a Ursula K. Le Guin novel that I just read. <laughs> about empaths being like uh, sort of psychic dumping grounds. Which one? Um, it's a novella. It's uh, a vast and a vast and slow. Oh, vast empire. than empires and more slow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't read. I haven't read it, but I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's on my list. It's good. It's, it's okay. mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it a heinous book? It. Yes, okay. I haven't. Got, I I was going through every Hainish book, and I haven't gotten to that one yet. I guess. I think. I mean, sometimes it's coded as a short story, but mm. yeah, I think I saw it in like a short story collection or something. But. Yeah. 
All right. I'm going that's, to... That's, that's bad because there's about five or six episodes just in my head of toxic, literally the stealing of energy from women in relationships. <laughs> well, it happened to Jake, too. Yeah, it, it happened to Jake. And his great, like, it happened okay, to Jake, though, was, guys. Don't forget it happened to Jake. You know men suffer from the same thing, you know. It's not just the women. It's, you know, men. Uh, you know how hard it is in family court for men? <laughs> When you have all male, male writers in the writer's room, they can get some weird <laughs> scripts out about women, man. Okay, for, on that note, I'm, I'm going to end this recording, but you guys can you are more than welcome to stay on the Google Hangout. So. I actually do have to go. Okay. But it was really well, great. I, this was really great, and I'm glad you <laughs> went through the trouble to figure out how to do this. For, <laughs> for everybody, at, uh, for the uh, for Wade, James, and myself, I'd like to thank our panelists for for showing up. Kate, <laughs> next time I hope that we can get you on board. You know, yeah, for the whole sorry thing. about that. Don't be I sorry. To, I didn't even get an email. I had to like manually go into Google Hangouts and find the invitation yeah. or something. I don't know. I'm sorry about that. But, but I figured it out eventually. It'll be easier next time, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Robert, uh, Kristen, thanks again. Um, thanks. Thanks. All right, let's oh. see how many to beam out. One, two, three, four, five, six to beam out. All right, yeah, seven to beam out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's the end of the recording. All right. Well, that was our first Patreon Kickers of Elves hangout. Thanks for everybody who uh, participated. We had a really good time. If you heard that and said, "Hey, that looks like fun," I'd like to join. The Kickers of Bell's Patreon campaign. Uh, maybe you can join us for the next conversation. We're having another hangout next month, and there'll be more information on that to follow what episode we're going to be talking about or whatever the Star Trek subject is going to be. Uh, more information will be coming down the pike for that. And, you know, Wade, where can they find us on Patreon? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I'm here. I'm here. Uh, where can they find us? They can find us at patreon.com slash kickers of elves uh that's where all the all that content is that you can get a hold of it's all on the oh, that beautiful kicker content kick, yes roll that beautiful kicker content yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> run that beautiful bean footage we spill content with a k so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right we spill content with a k yeah right so it's, it's, uh, uh, yeah, it's a note to Crazy Cat, not like a race right. thing, right? Or the Kardashians. <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But anyway, yeah, go to, or you know, you get the gist. Uh, kickersofelves dot com, Patreon dot com slash kickersofelves. You can find all that stuff and all sorts of other stuff. If if you haven't heard us say that before, all right. Yeah. Well, thanks again for listening. We hope you join us next time for another talk about Star Trek. Bye. 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 Blue.